Hello and welcome to Messages at BBC. In these messages, you'll hear from professors, staff, guest speakers, as well as students. These messages were spoken and recorded on campus at Boise Bible College. If you'd like to check out Boise Bible College, please see our website at boisebible.edu. So I took this sermon today because it's one of the things that was transformational in my Christian walk. So hopefully it will be for you. We're going to do this a little different today because we're going to do it. How many of you have had POI, Principles of Instruction? Yeah, yeah, with Mrs. Grove. And so you've learned about hook, book, look, and took, right? That's what we're doing today. So let's get right to the hook. So my brother, Jason, is kind enough to help me with this. So Jason's going to stand right over here. Yeah, Jason. Oh. Now, do you guys want to be active today or passive? So if you said passive, not listening to you. All right, so you're going to be active. So I want the whole chapel now to go around and line up and make a single file line towards Jason right now. Let's move this thing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We are active. Yes. Awesome. Keep moving in there. We'll just wrap it around the corner as needed. Wrap it around the corner as needed. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Dr. Williams. Yeah, he's going to be bringing up the end of the line. Yes, sir. Him and Ashley. Okay. This is what we call the hook. We're going to get you into this. This is going to be led. I need all of your attention. Hands up, mouth closed. There we go. Hands up, mouth closed. So, you all know this game, but put an arm in front of you and spread out so you got a little room between you and whoever's in front of you. So I know that's going to push our line back. Isn't this cool? Yeah, there we go. Keep moving it back. All right, yeah. <laughs> ben, start back where he started. All right, here we go. Get you a little room. You got to have some room to move, guys. Yeah. You guys know this game from when you were children. Some of you still might be there, yes. okay? Yes. This is called follow the leader. Yes, follow the leader. And our leader today is our brother, Jason. Yeah. And so you have to do whatever, and, and to do it right, you're supposed to just be watching the person in front of you, although we have a cheating circle here. So be watching the person, whatever Jason does, you guys have got to do, all right? So here we go. On your mark, get set, go. This has got to be the slowest follow the leader line I've ever seen. You're the leader, buddy.
Uh-oh. Good job. You can return to your seats. Thank you, Jason. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There. I mean, we needed to do something to get ready for spring break, get the blood flowing. Good job, Jason. Started easy. Ramped up the cardio right at the end. Yep, good job. Notice I wasn't down there. All right. So here we go. So that's a very simple game, follow the leader, and it applies to what we're going to be talking about today because it's very important that we follow, we imitate. And actually in this game as you play it, if you play it like we used to, if you don't do things like you're supposed to right out, the youth minister or children's minister, whoever would pull you out and say, okay, you're out. Because, man, you didn't follow the leader, right? And then you change leaders around, and they all do it. And it's, it's yeah, kids still to this day, including, I've noticed some of you smiling as college kids, college students, uh, enjoy it today. So uh, this, this is, so it sounds funny and simple, but today's not complex. Today's not complex at all. We're going to talk about how this game is important to us because we want to live like Jesus and glorifying God. In other words, we want to follow Jesus' lead and what motivated his whole life, ministry, and his relationships with others for the glory of God. So we are following the leader of leaders. And this principle is actually transformational if you really do it, if you catch this principle, it will change your life. And many of us kind of just go through the motions maybe, myself included, and we don't think about this principle, but we're going to talk about this principle today out of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, okay? Because in the end of everything, the thing that motivated Jesus' life was to glorify God. As a matter of fact, when he came into the world, it says in John 1.14, and the word became flesh and did what? Dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory of the only, the begotten of the only, yeah, I better read it. I can't think right now. Yeah, I can't read with my glasses on, that's right. All right. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So here's the incarnation of Jesus Christ, coming down to reveal God's glory, but then Jesus, everything he does, lives to that glory. So, here's my question for you. As you follow Jesus, what glory are you living towards in your life? What glory are you living towards? Now, hold that thought. Let's see what's happening in 1 Corinthians. So I kind of think Corinthians is kind of like our context today in America. There's a lot of whacked out stuff happening, right? That, I mean, you go through the book and it's like, don't sue your brothers. Probably good advice, right? And as we come into this one, we're having a little conflict over 
uh, a practice of eating meat offered to idols. And we don't have time today because I've got like one minute to go in this sermon. Or maybe the clock says I have 11, but we're going to be right out at the hour. So uh, as you take a look at it, there's all this conflict and there's this big conflict going on with whether they eat meat offered to idols or whether I have the right to eat meat offered to idols. Um, you can't tell me I can't do that, right? All those kind of things. Kind of like in our context today, don't we do that in our culture? It's my right. Oh, you can't tell me to do that. Hey, that's none of your business. None your business. Get out of my face with that, right? There's, there's just things going on here that are not like Jesus. So Paul picks it up here in chapter 10, verse 23. And he says, all things are permissible. Have you guys ever heard this? All things are permissible for me, but not everything is helpful. All things are, help, are permissible for me, but not all things build up. Not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one seek the other's well-being. Whoa. So let's skip. He gets into some granular stuff for the whole idol thing. Let's skip down to 31. And here's the universal principle that we really need to catch and decide what we're going to do with it, quite frankly. Therefore, whether you eat or drink, okay, so whether you do the mundane, eating and drinking, or whatever you do, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense, be at peace, either with the Jews or the Greeks, or to the church of God. It's interesting he puts that there. And, you know, be to these groups of people, but do it to each other, okay? Be at peace with each other, right? Just as I also please all people, I'm pleasant, I, I make amends, I I harmonize with all people in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many so that they might be saved. Imitate me just as I am imitating Christ. Okay, so here's, here's the thing. The universal principle, in everything, glorify God. So this is a life-changing principle as you take a look at it. So let's recap here really quick. Paul's saying, okay, you got these issues. What do you need to do? Well, the universal principle is think about everything you do and whether or not it's glorifying to God, right? Do you do that? Do I do that? We should do that, right? And he goes down through the list. All things are permissible, but not all things are helpful. All things are permissible, but not all things build up. Therefore, don't seek your own. Yeah, that's just not a human thing, right? Not to seek our own. But seek the best for others. Therefore, seek to honor others by not seeking for yourself so that those people might know salvation. This is imitating Christ. And Paul was imitating Christ. And he's called us to imitate him. Follow the leader, Jesus Christ.
in all that we do. So let's go down through here. Uh, do we all understand the principle? Okay. So that was the dig in part of the lesson, digging into the word. Pretty easy to understand, right? And it is a life-changing principle. Most things about our faith are not complex. They're simple. The hard part is you and myself. Are we going to live out the principle in our life? That's the difficult part. Now, let me just share with you, um, there was a big men's movement in America called Promise Keepers. I know they're trying to reignite it right now. And out of that, they had seven promises. But those seven promises weren't really the most important thing. The first promise was the thing that mattered most. And the first promise was this, that every morning as a promise keeper, you got out of bed and you got down on your knees, sat on your bed, did whatever. You prayed, though, that God helped you keep the one promise. And the one promise then allowed you to keep all the other promises. And the one promise was, God, today, please help me, empower me with your spirit to glorify you in everything I do. Do you see the beauty of that? When you think like Paul is saying here, that everything I do, let it glorify you, God, that's going to change your heart, your mind, and your actions. It'll make you a different person, the Lord. Because it takes away the selfishness, the self-centeredness, the self-focus, to be God-focused and others-focused for God. And that's the beauty of it. So let's go into the application, the look section, really quick here. I'm going to give you some practical steps. And I hope we can practice this and make a commitment to this on our campus this year as we end out the spring semester. First, start with prayer, folks. Start with prayer to set your heart with God to glorify him. So you can do it a short way. If you're not really in, there's all sorts of false assumptions made about you guys because you're in Bible college that you're like, you know, monks and stuff like that, okay? And there's definitely about us professors and ministers that, oh, we're better than all their other Christians and we've got it nailed. We got it nailed down. We can do it perfectly. Not true. So I would imagine there's a number of you out there that aren't really doing well in your prayer life right now. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand like Dylan did a little while ago. This might be too uh, raw, right, Dylan? Um, maybe you're not where you want to be with your prayer life. But here, I'll give you a simple step. Just start your day with prayer. And the short version is, is that prayer can be as simple as, Dear Heavenly Father, help me today glorify you in everything I do. Period. Amen. Right? If you aren't at least doing that, how do you strive, how do you seek God to glorify him, folks, or myself? How do we do that? If we don't start the day by setting our hearts in tune with God in prayer. Now, the long way about that is you can go to like a model, like the Acts prayer, you know, Acts, take him for, so adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, 
and adore God for who he is, praise God for who he is, confess not only the sins we have, but I would say confess more our need for God, our need for his provision, our need for him to direct our life. Be thankful for all that God has done by not only creating everything and creating us as image bearers and sending Jesus to redeem us, thanking him for all that. And last is the big word supplication, which just means ask for his help. And ask for God's help for you to glorify him in all that you do. Start your damn prayer like that. And let's, let's capstone it. Let's put the bookends on. Start your day with that and end your day. And maybe if you're, you're going to go short version again, if you're not into your prayer life yet, your short version is, God, thank you for all my victories today, great and small, of glorifying you. Amen. You see what I'm saying? Is your heart in tune with God through prayer, and that grows and increases so that you can glorify him in all that you do, right? The next one is weigh your words. Weigh your words to glorify God. We are a nation, and I've got to speed it up here, that does not weigh our words. We throw our words around like blunt stones hitting people in the head, and we just do not do it in a positive way. But if you look at all of Scripture, and I've got a lot, but I have a little time, um, in regards to how you go about doing this, and you weigh your words, 1 Peter 4.11 says, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. Your words are, they represent God. Man. To whom glory and dominion forever belongs. I love Hebrews 10.24. I think it applies here. Whatever you do, those words you're speaking, how do they stimulate others on towards love and good deeds? Or 1 Samuel 3.19. I love this. I don't think it'll ever be written of me. But if you read this description of Samuel, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. Well, look at that statement. That's how special his words were. How godly his words were. How his words glorified God, and therefore, they were valuable. Folks, we live in a culture, and it's human. We really need to focus on our words. Do our words glorify God? So discipline yourself. Start with how you talk to yourself. It's called self-talk. Is that glorifying God? Because, man, you're important. You're an image bearer. God has done everything to be in relationship to you, with you. So why do you cheapen that in any way with your words to yourself? Commit to what I call holy, holy filtering. You wholly think about what you're saying, and it needs to be Holy. All right? So we're too flippant with our words. I don't care whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, or whatever those other things are, the new app, Jimmy Jammer. I don't know what all that is. 
But why would you put words on there that aren't holy, holy? To glorify God, right? So um, let's have Holy Spirit honoring conversations with people, not Russell honoring conversations. Holy Spirit conversations. Recognize and stop and redirect the flow of your words when you need to. So I grew up rough. I'm sure there's a couple others in here that grew up rough. I even remember as a freshman uh, letting out an expletive at an inappropriate time, which probably they're all inappropriate, right, for expletives like that. And so the first thing I started doing was just saying, okay, when I feel that, I'm not going to say a word. I'm not even going to utter a word until I can harness this to be holy. Okay? Whatever you got to do, think about it. Recognize it. Stop it. Change your pattern to glorify God. See why I'm saying this is transformational? You will be a different person if you live this out. You follow the leader, Jesus Christ, and Paul as he was following Jesus, to truly glorify God in all that you do. And then honor others in what you say. You honor God when you honor his other image bearers. So don't be tearing people apart. Don't be saying negative or diminishing things. Even when we have to say the hard things, what are we supposed to do? It Do it in love, right? Okay, my last one. Consider your actions for the glory of God. So what are you doing with that? Paul in Ephesians 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ loved us, and had given himself, offering a sacrifice that to God is a fragrant aroma. Dear actions, are they a sacrifice? Do they produce a fragrant aroma to God? Walk as children of light, Ephesians 5, 8. Ephesians 5, 15 through 21, walk carefully, submitting to others in reverence of God. Wow. We just don't get to act however we want to if we're really following Jesus, right? If we live like Jesus, we consider our actions and how they are a sacrifice to God that's a fragment aroma, how they are light, how they brand us as God's children. Think about that. Submit and be trained up in being a child of light or child of God. Change your diet from feasting on your selfishness to submitting to not only God, but to others. And isn't that what Paul was saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm able to do whatever, but that's not helpful to others. I mean, I'm able to do whatever, but that doesn't build up others. You see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm in it just as much as you. I constantly... And that's why, if you would have known me uh, as Mr. Faber did, however many years ago that was, 40-some about, you wouldn't recognize me, I hope, from the old guy up here today. Because God changed all that. Not Russell. Okay? So go through that. Lift up and edify others. In all things, seek the benefit of others and their salvation. Consider offering all of your actions 
to God so it's a fragrant aroma. It glorifies Him. So, yeah, and believe me, are you going to be perfect? No, no. Jesus was, and that's why we're thankful for his sacrifice on our behalf. We're not, but is that any excuse to go on sinning that grace may abound? By no means, thank you, you Paul, you Paul students. By no means. Let's grow and grow towards glorifying God. And here, just to close it out, what happens, so that was the look, now the took. What happens when you're playing the game, follow the leader, and people don't follow the leader? The game is horrible, right? The game is horrible. When you have people just doing their own things, calling attention to themselves, um, focusing on whatever weird thing they're doing, you know, number one, they're out of the game. We don't want to be out of the game. We don't want to be out of our relationship with God. When they're acting for their own glory, their own truth, their own preferences at church, uh, the people they favor, their personal desires, appetites, creating division, oh, all these things are happening in Acts and all these things are happening around us. All these things happen with human beings because when human beings live to their own glory, It's tragic. But when we live to God's glory, we can have a beautiful game of follow the leader, and we can dance around with Jesus all day. Yeah. And life is good, because Paul is proposing if we live like Jesus, and it's not a game, we follow Jesus' example to glorify God in everything he says, and that's our imitation a disciple is to put on the life of Christ, to live out that life to the best of our ability so it glorifies God and it's a blessing to others. Let me tell you here, you all, I love, as Samile said that the other day, you're all beautiful. But the thing that's really beautiful is, is that you guys are able to lead in ways that I cannot. Your gifts and talents and how God's created you is amazing. And quite truthfully, I need you to be strong in leading to glorify God because I need you. Oh, now I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> but quite truthfully, to lead me. Even though we're professors, we need you just as much as you need us, and we need God's church, and we need every other brother and sister in Christ around us, so we all glorify God together. So, are we up to taking the challenge to live for God's glory and not ours? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you're an awesome God. Thank you so much for sending Jesus so that we could see your glory. Thank you for the words of Christ and all that he taught us to do because it all spoke to how we glorify you, God, how we're in relationship with you. Help us today, Lord, follow Paul's words as he is teaching people that were at 
odds with each other, then in everything we need to look to glorify you so that we can be a blessing to others around us. We love you, God. Thank you for loving each one of us personally. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. Boise Bible College exists to raise up leaders for the church where we value scholarship, humility, innovation, and community. For more information about Boise Bible College, please see boisebible.edu.